Hey everybody, welcome back to the BLP Bulletin. I'm Danielle Berman and it is Monday, September 6th. Happy Labor Day to everyone and I hope you're enjoying the long weekend. Coming to you a little bit later today as I also enjoy a day off, but wanted to make sure we still got you some news from the world of sports philanthropy and athlete activism to enjoy today before we get back to the grind tomorrow. And as I may have mentioned before, we are getting ready to launch season three of our athlete interviews on September 16th. So just just about a week and a half away. So hope you're ready to meet some amazing philanthropists this fall. And of course, if you know someone we should interview, please reach out and let us know. You can email me and our team at info at tacklewhatsnext.com. Okay, let's get right into this week's bulletin. And right off the bat, I need to make a correction from last week's bulletin. I talked about an HBO Real Sports segment that was on the Paralympics and they highlighted an athlete. And I mistakenly said that they highlighted Tatiana McFadden. And I sincerely apologize. They actually highlighted Oksana Masters. And to be honest, I just, I thought of it in the moment and I did not do my diligence before confirming that. So I've put a link uh, to a clip from the segment in the show notes for everyone here. So please enjoy that. And I highly recommend looking into Oksana Masters HBO clip watching Rising Phoenix with Tatiana McFadden two amazing Paralympians and again my fault for mixing those up and not doing my diligence before putting it out there on last week's bulletin Next, I want to go to Al Jazeera. They have reported that the two Afghani Paralympians that were trapped in Afghanistan were actually, in fact, able to make it to Tokyo last week and compete after they were evacuated to France. Zakia Kuhadadi and Hossein Razuli, apologies to both of them as I'm sure I pronounced their names wrong. They competed in the women's Taekwondo K44 49KG category and the men's 400 meters T47 athletics event respectively. I'm really glad to hear they got out of the country safely and that they were able to compete. Honestly, I think it was probably a, a blessing just to get out, but to be able to compete for something you've been working towards as well that you thought you might not be able to do. I'm sure they were relieved. Um, and again, thoughts go out to all of those still working to leave the country or who are there against their will. And finally, as the Paralympics have now ended, India's athletes made history having their best ever performance in a Paralympic Games. They brought in 19 medals, which crushed the previous best they had of four medals in Rio in 2016. You can read more about many of India's winners at the link that I put in the show notes from bbc.com. It is so wonderful to see Paralympians from all parts of the world coming together and competing and to see the world investing in the Paralympic Games and giving their athletes the opportunity opportunity to compete at such a scale, I think is awesome. So congrats to the Indian Paralympic Committee uh, and to those competing at the games. I'm so glad to see that they did so well. Now let's move on. We have a update from Naomi Osaka, the GOAT, um, from her social media about the last few months, how she's been feeling. And I just want to read her words. If you didn't see the tweet or the post, uh, her message is, as always, very powerful. And she wrote the following on August 29th. She said, I've been reflecting over this past year. So grateful for the people around me because the support I feel is completely unparalleled. Recently, I've been asking myself, why do I feel the way I do? And I realized one of the reasons is because internally, I think I'm never good enough. I have never told myself that I've done a good job, but I do know I constantly tell myself that I suck or I could do better. I know in the past, some people have called me humble, but if I really consider it, I think I'm extremely self-deprecating. Every time a new opportunity arises, my first thought is, wow, why me? 
I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm going to try to celebrate myself and my accomplishments more. I think we all should. You got up in the morning and didn't procrastinate on something champion figured something out at work. That's been bugging you for a while. Absolute legend. Your life is your own and you shouldn't value yourself on other people's standards. I know I give my heart to everything I can. And if that's not good enough for some, my apologies, but I can't burden myself with those expectations anymore. Seeing everything that's going on in the world. I feel like if I wake up in the morning, that's a win. That's how I'm coming. I think that's a really important message that I'm sure all of us can relate to that comparison trap that you fall into of, oh, well, I'm not doing this like this person or you know what, like I'll never be good enough to do this. I'm sure everyone that's listening has experienced that. I know I experience it. And so I think it's wonderful to hear Naomi talking about it from a high level. Again, we really think about being a pro athlete as, you know, how can you complain? There's, you know, you're, you're living that amazing life. Like your life is amazing, but everybody has things going on. Everybody has those doubts about themselves. And I think it's really amazing that Naomi is pushing this conversation forward about self-care, mental health, putting yourself first and, you know, continuing that conversation from the Olympics that Simone started that you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And just because the world's expecting you to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. So thank you to Naomi Osaka for continuing this conversation and for sending that update. And I mentioned Simone Biles, and I want to transition over to the USA Gymnastics world here. Uh, the New York Times reported uh, last week that USA Gymnastics and uh, the court-appointed committee that represents abuse victims of Larry Nasser, um, they filed a joint plan last week that would allow the Federation, the USA Gymnastics, to uh, emerge from bankruptcy and include a $425 million settlement for those in the sport who are victims of abuse. New York Times reported that the plan was submitted to the U.S. Bankruptcy Court in the Southern District of Indiana, and it would end all the NASA-related lawsuits against the Federation and would compensate the over 500 gymnasts, including Simone Biles and Allie Raisman, that are involved in the proceedings who say they were harmed by someone from USA Gymnastics. Um, it's nearly double the sum that they offered in early 2020. Um, it suggested in early 2020, USA Gymnastics said they would give $215 million to victims. Um, it was rejected because no one was paying funds from the USOC or the USOPC. Um, and they said it was too low for all of those women. Um, they had, this is not official yet. They've reported that this was an offer, but to make this plan official per the times, every insurance company involved in the settlement, including those that insure Martha and Bea Caroli, um, who are the former national women's national team coordinators, ESPN 30 for 30 did a um, podcast about their story. If you're interested about where the Corollis put come into play with this, um, they all have to agree. All these insurance companies need to agree to fund this and the bankruptcy court has to certify this plan. And and then all of the individual victims will vote on it. Um, so everyone, a majority would have to accept the plan at least two thirds um, for, of the monetary settlement. So um, the majority has to account for, excuse me, two thirds of that settlement. So it's a lot lower per the times than the $500 million Michigan State University um, settlement that, um, you know, they agreed to pay more than 300 men and girls abused by Nasser there. Um, Rachel Dalt. Uh, Den Hollander, excuse me, who was abused by Nasser. She's a member of the survivors committee um, that helped negotiate this proposal filed. And she said the current plan was about more than just money. This is what she said. 
I will say that the survivors deserve help with their medical care and therapy is not cheap. So I do think they deserve compensation, but it would also be in the best interest of everyone to see actual change and reform take place in the organization. That's what we were hoping for. Change was our goal. I've linked to the show notes to this Times article from, or excuse me, New York Times article here for more. Let's keep an eye out for more news on this settlement. Um, obviously, this isn't going to make um, anyone kind of feel better about all the situation. But um, like she said, uh, like Rachel said, um, they definitely deserve compensation um, for what they've been through. But I think the real, the real win would be seeing change at a grassroots level all the way through the sport and seeing change at the USA Gymnastics level. Changing gears, I want to talk about Steph Curry and his wife, Aisha. They have donated to Davidson College, which is Steph Curry's alma mater, to further fund and endow women's sports at the school. I found this article in Sporting News, and they noted that Davidson sponsors nine women's sports and has 26, just about 26 scholarships devoted to women's sports. And half of those are allocated to the women's basketball team. And this really lags behind uh, its other Atlantic 10 counterparts, which is the conference that Davidson's in. So Steph Curry posted on Twitter about the program and he called the program, the Curry Family Women's Athletics Initiative. And they're aiming to close the gap, the inequity gap in women's sports. And he mentioned the initiative would start at Davidson, implying that the Curry family may take this program to other schools that are in need of support. This also comes after Curry's donated uh, in 2019 to Howard University to start an NCAA golf program there. And the Currys and Davidson expect this donation for women's sports at the school to have an immediate impact on the 200 plus women's student athletes there. So kudos to the Currys continuing to do great work, investing in women's sports. Uh, I love it. And moving on to another really cool story, Venus Williams and BetterHelp are teaming up along with the uh, WTA to provide $2 million in free therapy to tennis fans worldwide. Fans can sign up to support themselves with one month of free therapy. I think this is such a smart move by the WTA, given Naomi Osaka's recent dropout of several tournaments due to mental health reasons. And again, this is a really cool initiative that you can sign up if you've ever been wanting to try, um, you know, or thinking about better help or thinking about online therapy, you can try out a free month. Thanks to Venus Williams. It's a really cool initiative. I love seeing kickoff, especially to see more, excuse me, expect to see uh, more like this. I think the worlds of mental health and sports are permeating, they're colliding in more ways than one. And I think you're going to see a lot more initiatives like this, where players are coming out, partnering with organizations that are working for mental health for all. So if you've ever been thinking about it, this could be a cool way to do it. Uh, and you can thank Venus Williams for uh, giving you a free month trial. All right. And finally, back to the WNBA for some news. Laisha Clarendon has been doing so much work to promote and advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. She's the first openly trans non-binary player in the league. And now they are working to tackle the stigma of periods in sports with their sponsor Adidas and their stay in play campaign. Adidas research found that one of the key reasons girls drop out of sports was period leakage. So they're creating activewear that includes extra protection for this purpose. It's actually kind of jaw dropping how many girls drop out of sports when they hit puberty. The data that Adidas research found says about one in four girls drop out and many of them 
drop out because of their periods. So something like this, just a different active wear that includes extra protection, can really make an impact. And honestly, just talking about this, like Laisha Clarendon's doing, can really make an impact. So thank you to Adidas and most importantly to Laisha Clarendon and all of his work for pushing this forward and bringing awareness to this conversation. I have dropped the article and the research from Adidas into the show notes for your reading pleasure today. Again, it's really important to highlight this. It's something we don't really think about, but every athlete that is a female has a period and we should be protecting them, giving them the, co- the proper wear and attire that they need uh, to continue competing, even at a young age. And that's it for this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and coming back every week to learn more about the world of sport philanthropy and athlete activism. Really excited for you guys to hear season three dropping on September 16th. Enjoy your Labor Day. I will see you guys back here next time for another BLP Bulletin. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.